All right. Uh, as I said, I'm teaching on the judgment or the final judgments. I titled the message, Here Come the Judge. And uh, I said we were going to talk about uh, five things here. And the first thing that we begin to talk about, uh, you can open your Bible up to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I gave you five things that we were going to cover. I don't know how many were here last Wednesday or not. We said the first thing is when will this final judgment take place? Every word of God is true. Every jot, every tittle, alpha, omega, you know, in the Greek and Hebrew language, everything will be fulfilled. There's nothing that God has said that will not come to pass. Now, when will, when this is what we studied last week, when will this final judgment take place? Well, it's going to take place when Jesus returns. Now, the next question would be, uh, well, when is he going to return? Well, we don't set dates because we don't have dates. But we know times. We know that as the church, we live in what is called the church age. The end of the age refers to the church age. So I always like to say it this way. We are part of the church. We are the body of Christ. The church was established you know, on that day of Pentecost, in that second chapter of the book of Acts, and uh, that really started the end times. Now, that's been a long time ago. And so we have to understand that things uh, have to be fulfilled. They have to be, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in the order of the things that the Scriptures outline. So we're not teaching on end times other than to understand that the final judgment will come when Jesus comes. When He comes, we have to understand that we're, we're not talking about the rapture. The rapture is when the church, those who are saved, those who are born again, will be lifted out or taken out of the earth. That's called the rapture of the church. But the second coming of Jesus is another event. After the rapture takes place, well, what will happen? There will be what the Bible calls tribulation. There will be tribulation times on the earth. There will be seven years according to the scriptures. And uh, things will uh, even get worse, <laughs> progressively worse. The end of the seven years... There will be in heaven where you and I will be. Now notice I'm speaking by faith tonight. We will celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we will return with Jesus as the armies of the Lord. And that's called the second coming, okay? And that's when uh, the final judgments will take place, okay? So we talked about that last week, and I'm not going to again, get into the end times of this thing yet. And then the second thing I told you, and this is what we'll talk about tonight and try to get as far as we can, who will be judged? Who will be judged? And then the third thing, who judges? Who is going to do the judging? Who judges who? Okay. And then fourthly, what will be judged? 
And then lastly, we'll talk about what is the standard. In other words, if, if you're going to be judged, what is the standard? What is the accountability that God is going to hold you to? I mean, you need to know, I mean, believe you need to know what you're going to be judged for and what you're going to be judged by. Okay, because that'll help you live right. I said it'll help you do right. It'll help you be right. It'll develop a fear of the Lord in your life so that you live your life. Now listen to this, because this sounds, this will sound foolish to some. You'll live your life like the Bible is true. Because a lot of Christians don't live their life like the Bible is true. But uh, as we said last week, this is not a football game. We don't get a two-minute warning. <laughs> you know, uh, he's coming, ready or not. So let's be ready, amen, amen, as the church. Okay, so let's get into this second part. Who will be judged? Now, we're going to talk about two judgments here. And uh, I had you turn where? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. Because I don't want you to get confused. There will be a believer's judgment as well as a wicked or the sinner's judgment, okay? So we're going to talk about two judgments here. The first judgment we'll talk about is what we will be judged uh, by and for, okay? It tells us here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, and again, I'm going to read probably a little more scripture than I normally do because I just need to read you the scriptures, okay? They really pretty much explain themselves. It says, therefore, we make it our aim. Everybody say aim. Now, when you aim at something, what are you aiming for? You're aiming for something to hit. Sin is referred to as missing the mark. So we need to aim, okay, so that we don't miss the mark. You don't just, you know, you don't just throw the, 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 the rifle up and expect to hit the target, right? Or pull back the bow and arrow and just shoot it up in the air and say, arrow, arrow, go up in the air, wherever you land. You, you, you don't do that. You have to aim for something, okay? Whether present or absent, what are we aiming for? To be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all, look at that, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one, each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Now, what is this saying? It's saying all people, all of us, sinner and saint alike, will be judged. And we're going to be judged for some things. But what we have to understand, when he's talking about the judgment seat of Christ, this is a judgment for believers. You say, well, why do we have to be judged? Well, we're going to find out. Because this is actually, it, this is listed two times in the scripture but the judgment seat of Christ is, is in, 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 the, in the original language is what they call the Bema seat, B-E-M-A, or it was a high seat of authority. Now the judge will be sitting at the high seat of authority and uh, will pass by and we will be judged uh, according to everything that we have done, good or bad. Okay, are you with me? This is not a judgment for your sin. And somebody went, <laughs> it's not a judgment for your sin. Your sins are supposed to be covered. Your sins have been justified as you 
repented before the Lord. Okay? Are you with me? All right. Now, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, back a little bit to verse 10. So we're talking about the believer's judgment here, okay? The one you and I will stand before. Now, let's look at this. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. He said, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. Now, we've, we've covered some of this before. You know, a foundation is what you start with. How many know it's important to have the right kind of foundation when you start building your Christian life? That's another thing that we will begin the first of the year is foundation courses for all those that want a good foundation in the things of the Lord. Okay, now look. He says in verse 12, well, uh, let, let, let me back up. For no other, verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So notice that all of our works will be tested by fire, okay? And we'll see what will burn up and what will stand, okay? Now look, what for? It says, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures or lasts, he will receive a reward. Underline the word reward because there's a reward given for being faithful to God. There's a reward for being pleasing. And really what these are are degrees of reward as we grow in our Christian life. Okay, I know some people, they're just satisfied you know, if they have to sit on the back row of heaven, they'll be satisfied they got in. But as our heart becomes more attached to God and our love for God begins to grow, the more we want to please God. And if we want to please God, then we want to be found doing the will of God. Okay, so make sure you understand what we're saying here. We're not talking about at this point of heaven and hell. That's already been judged. Now we're looking at what you did with your life in God. Okay? It says, if anyone's work, verse 15 there, is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, as yet though by fire. So this tells us that all of our works, all of our deeds will be tested by fire. In other words, all the time that we wasted, all the time that we were not totally obedient, things that, you know, we probably can't even think of all the things right now that God didn't clear us or tell us to do. All the time that we wasted when we could have been productive. All these things. Maybe we went shopping too much. Maybe we spent too much time on the internet. Maybe we spent, not getting any amens, but I'm saying all of our works will be judged. And they will be, uh, and this is why I say, really what we're doing now as Christians, we're building piles. 
<laughs> we're piling it up, right? And, and see, we're either building, you know, the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, or the wood, the hay, and the straw. Now, I don't know if you ever saw straw uh, go into, a, uh, you know, somebody light a pile of straw, but it, it's almost flammable like gasoline. So, I don't know, I just envision, you know, people standing in line <laughs> there and you, their piles are out there and the angels bump another angel and say, hey, watch out, we better stand back on this one when we light this thing because it's going to flame up real high. So, I don't know what kind of pile you're building, but I, I, I want to I build uh, on a good foundation and I want my works to be uh, gold and silver and precious stones, okay? And, and, I, and I pray that for you. So, so, so here's the deal. The fire that your works will be tested by will determine your rewards, okay? And so um, I, I, I just want you to know it says, if it, verse 40, if anyone's work which he has built on endures he will receive a reward. That's verse 14, but verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet though it's by fire. So I think in this, there has to somewhere develop in your heart a desire, not just to serve God, but to please God. Understanding that when we please God, then we're building up for ourselves these rewards that will be given to us at this judgment seat of Christ, okay? Now, the Bible, and I don't want to get into all these, I'll just tell you what they are, okay? It talks about crowns, okay? Uh, there's five of them, well, actually there's four in the Bible. One is called the incorruptible crown or the victor's crown. Those that kept going when times were hard, those that kept going when, you know, the struggle or the battle uh, was intense, and you kept going. You didn't faint. You didn't get weary in doing well. Uh, there's a soul winner's crown. You know, if we're thankful and we're grateful, then we should be a light to the world. We should be objective is telling others about Jesus. So there's going to be a soul winner's crown for that. And, you know, I've got all the scriptures for these, but I, I, don't, I don't want to get into that tonight because we won't get to the other. Then there's the crown of righteousness, okay? And that's really talking about those that want to live right and look for the appearing of the Lord. Remember last week I said, if you know that Jesus is coming, you want to you be found doing the right thing. You don't want to be found doing the wrong thing, okay? And then there's going to be a, a crown of glory or really what is called the shepherd's or the elder's crown for Setting the proper example. You know, God's going to hold or, uh, uh, you know, like pastors or teachers, He's going to hold them accountable. And the Bible, Jesus said He's going to receive a stricter judgment, okay? Because not only do they have to be examples, but they have to be willing to hear God and then stand up and say what God says. You're not running popularity contests. So you've got to keep those things in mind, right? You're here, to, you're here to speak what thus saith the Lord. And sometimes those things are not popular. So the question is, who will be judged? Well, turn over to Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Begins like this. He said, I saw thrones. Now, if you can't keep up, because I need to speed up a little bit here. Uh, look on the screen. Get it up there as fast as you can, guys. 
It says, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Now notice there's thrones now. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads for, or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So this is talking about the millennial reign, okay. Now look, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Now remember, the rapture, the Bible says those of us alive will be caught up to meet with him in the air. Those that have died and in the grave, what they will be raised up. So we're talking about those who are still here after the rapture, okay. Um, well, let me just finish reading here. Because he talks about this is the first resurrection. It says, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. Now remember what we said that when we talk about death, we're not talking uh, really physical death. We're talking about a separation or a disconnect from God. Our, our spirit man is what becomes born again are connected in right relationship with God. If we never become born again, then our spirit stays disconnected from God. Okay, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. So it says, uh, it says, over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priest of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So it's talking about two resurrections here and it's talking about these thrones and it's talking still about a believer's judgment. The believers who will be raptured out and those who will be saved through the witness, through the word, through the testimonies of those that make it through tribulation and do not surrender themselves to the tough times or the hard times or take the mark of the beast, so on and so forth, which is all in the book of Revelation if we was teaching about that. So now what about the Antichrist? What about the false prophet? We see that, you know, we as believers will, will go before the judgment seat of Christ. Now let's see what happens to the devil, what happens to the false uh, prophet. Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. It says, Then the beast, and that would be the Antichrist, was captured and with him false prophet who works signs in his presence. So, you know, in, in, in this time, there's going to be counterfeit, okay? You got the false prophet working, you got the, the Antichrist working, and of course, all that is works from the devil. It says, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. Those two were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, notice the Antichrist and the false prophet. They're cast into the lake of the fire. Well, where's the devil here? Now, now, well, we ain't got there yet, but we're going to get there. You know, I, I, I read something today, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't think anybody can say for sure what this mark of the beast will be. I don't know if it's a mark on the forehead or if it's a chip, you know, they plant in you. And I know technology is advancing, and, and I read an article today, just today, about Israel's uh, uh, plan to become the first cashless society. Now, they got that in the works, and they're trying to get that through all their 
parliamentary procedure where they will take cash completely out of the nation of Israel. Now you stop and think about that. In other words, there will be no exchange of physical money. Everything will be done through electronic transaction. And the reasoning behind this is because they can collect more taxes because when you handle cash, you can cheat more. No, really, I'm telling you, that's what I read. In other words, you will not be able to cheat uh, on your taxes when it's all done electronically because they'll track everything that goes in and everything that you go out or everything that you spend. But it also, uh, you know, there's other things like money laundering, drug money, and all the other things. So it's, it's a very good, you know, it's a very good uh, idea in the terms of, 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 of protection and control in the sense that you can cut down a lot of uh, uh, illegal traffic and trafficking done through the exchanges of cash and so on and so forth. So I'm just reading that today, but I just, I just brought this out to you because I don't know. I'm just saying that we're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit uh, well, I say this, those who are here will have to depend on the Holy Spirit to show them about what would be legit and what would not be are considering falling into the hands of, of, of the category of the mark of the beast. Okay, so I don't know. Uh, I'm just telling you these things, okay? But look what it says in verse 21. I didn't want to get off track there, but I just thought that was interesting. Okay, so, so we're, not, we're not supposed to be like the rest of the world, right? We're not the blind leading the blind. We don't just follow anything or anybody just because it's a good idea, okay? It says, and the rest were killed with the sword, this is verse 21, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Now, back to verse 10, Revelation 20. Verse 10 says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented, what? Day and night forever. So what's going to happen? The judgment for the false prophet, for the Antichrist, and then the devil after the thousand year reign, he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire too and be tormented forever and ever. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. So he doesn't get thrown in until after the thousand years. So that's what you got to see. So the devil will be judged. All this wickedness will be judged after the second coming of Christ. I've heard people say, well, uh, you know, why doesn't God judge this or why doesn't God judge It's coming. Okay, and there's degrees of that, okay? Now let's talk about the unbelievers a minute. Let's talk about the wicked. Go to verse 11, Revelation 20. And let's just keep reading because here's the other judgment or the other side of the judgment seat of Christ called the white throne judgment. And it will be for the sinner, okay? He said, I saw, this is the John who saw the revelation that uh, uh, Jesus was showing him on that Isle of Patmos, okay? He said, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great. Now that's not talking about, you know, short and tall. That's talking about famous and, you know, people that have names that would be recognizable and people that don't, okay? Small and great because your name is not going to mean anything at this point, okay? All right? Or your money or anything like that, okay? 
He said, I saw him standing before God, and books were open. And another book was open. Did you see that? Okay. Remember we talked about books, and then there's a book, okay, which is the book of life. So the book is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. Now remember, the first resurrection, that bunch is already there. So it's not talking about that bunch. It's talking about those who are left, okay, those who die without God, okay, because he's the judge and he's the just judge, okay. It says, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now notice here, verse 4 and 6, if you remember the first resurrection, and then we're talking about the second resurrection now, okay. And so look what it says, books and book, okay. The sea gave up the dead, verse 13 is where I'm at, who were in it. And the death and death and Hades or hell delivered up the dead who were in them. So it didn't matter where you died, they're going to come up to be judged by God. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now when we're talking about second death, what are we talking about? We're talking about now an eternal separation. A judgment that eternally separates you from God forever. Anyone, verse uh, 15, and anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. But I just wanted to point this out to you about the books and the book. Now, if your book, you know, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then you'll, you'll go to heaven. If you're you know, what we have to see here is that God, and in, in the scripture talks about this in the Psalms, that God has volumes and volumes of books. God is an accountant. We have to keep in mind that God sees everything. There's nothing that God doesn't see that we do. Remember, we can fool each other. We can fool people, but we'll never fool God. He keeps score. So books refer to whatever in your life. That's what's going to show up. And, and, you know, I've heard people say, well, when I get there, I'm going to... There's no record or there's nothing in Scripture to say, you get to say a word. <laughs> You're not going to say a word. It's going to be right there before you, and God don't lie. So <laughs> everything is written down, okay? He's the righteous judge, so there's no explaining there's no second chance. There's no parole. There's no begging. There's no crying. It's just guilty, go. You know, guilty, go. Okay, that's what it is. All right, you say, well, that, that sure is me. No, God loves us. He said he didn't wish that not one of us would perish, right? Okay, but he tells us in his word, see? Okay, so that's, that's what we want to get to. Look at verse 10 again. It says, the devil who deceived them. So who's the deceiver? Okay was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever. So what we have to keep in our mindset, there, there's, no, there, there's, there's no goal, there's no pleasure, there's no self-seeking dreams, there's nothing in this world that should be a fore or front of God in our lives. And again, we're talking about, you know, having and developing the fear of the Lord, which is not taught a lot today in, in, in the church, okay? Now let's look at the fallen angels, okay? Because this is serious stuff. 
And this is not all shouting material. And I don't, you know, you know, I don't expect you to say everybody shout amen and clap on what I'm preaching here. But we have to know these things, okay? Because they have to be taken serious. God has not put anything in the book that He does not want us to know and that will not come to pass. Okay, how about fallen angels or what the Bible refers to as angels who sin? Now listen to this. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Four are you all okay? Okay. <laughs> Getting in the hot seat here. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare the angels who sin, see, he called them angels who sin. Now we know, uh, you know, if we do enough study, we'd find out that's the third of the angels. The Bible tells in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, the dragon who with his tail, you know, swooped those out of heaven. He said, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Now notice where, where they are. They're in hell to be reserved for judgment. And then he goes on to say something here. I just read it. And did not spare the ancient world, talking about the world up to the flood, but what? Save Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So God judged the entire world at that time by flood. Did he not? Okay. So he's bringing that back up. Now look at Jude. Jude doesn't have but one chapter. So look at verse 6 and 7. It says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. Now, you say, what, what does that mean? Well, let's read on. But left their abode. Domain. Left their abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, look what the reference is to here so you can catch this. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to those or to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, the Bible says that the angels didn't uh, keep their proper domain. And he's making reference here like Sodom and Gomorrah. What was Sodom and Gomorrah judged for? They were judged for the sexual immorality or homosexuality. They were, you know, leaving their proper domain. In other words, domain, the domain of, of man with woman, they were man with man and women with women. Okay, so you need to see what, because it says the angels did not keep their proper domain. Remember, we have laws on the book today. They're unjust laws, even though they're democratically voted in by unjust judges or set into motion or law by unjust judges. But remember what the Word of God says. Okay, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 6, and we won't go there, but it talks about <clears throat> the sons of God. The sons of God would be the angels who came and married the daughters of God. Now, how can angels marry and give birth? Well, 
angels are spirits, right? They came in to the descendants of Cain. Cain killed Abel. Follow me here. The descendants of Cain was the Canaanites where uh, the, the, the Anak or the giants came from, people like Goliath. But these angels came, they left their domain and entered into men, had sexual uh, relationship with these women and produced what the Bible called mighty men. That's, that's where those giants come from. Are you with me? Now Cain killed Abel, so that, that line of Cain became uh, demonic, <laughs> if you will, and oppressed the people of God the descendant of Abel became Seth, and you know you can follow that down the line through the lineage of Jesus. Okay, but that's another that's another teaching for it. But I'm just trying to to show you that the angels will be judged. We know that that one third of them were cast out of the presence of God. So let's see here, and we're talking about final judgment now, and understanding who will be judged in these times. The how. Um, who judges who? Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Follow me. Let's read that first part again. He said, I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And then if you go back and look at Revelation 4, 4, just follow me on the screen here so we can get these in to you. It says, around the throne, there were 24 thrones. So you have the throne, and then you have 24 thrones. And on the thrones, plural, he said, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns. Now here's those crowns again that we talked about a while ago. The elders' crown or the crown of righteousness of gold on their head. If you read over in Revelation chapter 5, now notice I, I'm assuming that you all read your Bible or you know some things, but I am telling you some things here in rapid fire to you. But, 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 Remember the angels cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, and they cast their crowns down, uh, these elders, okay? And, 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 and you have to pay attention to the word. It says, and you have redeemed us. Now, these 24 elders are saying this. You have redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb. Well, how are we saved? By believing, but by the blood of the Lamb. So that shows us that these elders around the throne were men in this earth who were saved are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So, you know, we have to look at this thing and say, wow, we could miss it if our aim is not right. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God saved me. <laughs> I'm thankful that, that my mind was not so out of whack that it wouldn't allow my spirit to come in line with God. And so this is critical. This is, these, are, these are very serious times that we're in because if we stop and think about where could we be tonight if not for that grace of God. So I don't look down on other people. I just thank God that I got it. I thank God that you got it, okay? Our job is to keep preaching. Our job is to keep teaching. Your job is to keep witnessing Keep on the Word. Let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit be your guide, be your teacher, and keep sharing what you know about the salvation of Jesus Christ, by which there is no other name in heaven or earth that can be saved. Well, <laughs> when you think about that, see, there you go. Back to the fear of the Lord thing, okay? So, uh, living with a reverence, not afraid of God, 
but a, a reverence towards God that, you know what, what we have here and what we, the way we live, we're going to be accountable for. Hmm, okay. I know y'all are excited about those things, okay? So, 24 thrones, 24 elders. Uh, now, the ultimate judge. Who's the ultimate judge? John chapter 5, verse 22. It says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to who? Son. To the Son. Who's the Son? Jesus. All right, so who's the judge? Okay, the judge is coming. Who's coming? Okay, Jesus. All right. Then, and, and, and there's many places, but I'm just taking you through basics here. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He said, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing. When? At his appearing and the kingdom. So who's coming? Jesus is coming. And he will judge what? The living and the dead. Okay. Now, how about these 12 apostles? Go to Matthew chapter 19, and let's read verse 27, 28, because now we're getting into who judges who, and part of this judgment, okay? Peter answered and said to him, talking to Jesus, he said, see, we have left all and followed you, therefore what shall we have? Remember, you, you know, he didn't have a revelation yet uh, of reward or what they were really serving God for, okay? Jesus said to them, look at verse 28 carefully. He said, surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So right there, we know who 12 of the 24 is. You say, who's the other 12? I don't know. Because the Bible doesn't tell us, but they will be faithful elders entrusted with this gospel. You say, well, what about Judas? He Well, you know, Jesus said it would have been better for him to have died than to betray the Son of Man. But Judas had a replacement, Matthias, okay? You say, will it be Matthias? I don't know. I can't tell you what I don't know. I just tell you what I know or what the Bible tells us so that we don't get out there in left field and start making up things, okay? So the 12 apostles are going to judge the, the nation of Israel. It's possible that it could be the 12 elders or leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. It could be, okay? But we don't know that, so we can't say those kind of things for sure. Now, how about the saints? Who are the saints? Not the New Orleans saints, but who are the saints? We, who are born again, who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Bible calls us saints, okay? It's not somebody who's died and been canonized and did some miracle that somebody confirmed. If you're born again, the Bible calls you a saint, okay? Now look, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know, do you not know that you shall judge the angels? So look. We're going to judge angels. We're going to judge those angels. We're going to be in on that judgment. Every one of you that is a saint tonight, every one of you that is born again, are going to be on that judgment. Then he goes on to say, how much more things that pertain to this life. When you understand, you're going to sit and you're going to judge angels with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. How much more should you judge your discretion in how you walk in this earth and in this life? 
Look at what you're going to be doing, okay? And Paul just bringing out how much more should you be able to judge in this life? What's right? What's wrong? Stay away from what's wrong and do what's right. Come on, somebody. All right, then the fourth question. What will be judged? What will be judged? We've looked at the who. We've looked at the when. And now let's look at what. Okay, here's the first one. Our behavior. We've already read a little bit about that. Our behavior, our works, our good deeds. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10. It says we take aim, remember, whether present or absent, be well-pleasing to him. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So our works, it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 13, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. So it says and it tells us that all of our works, all of our deeds will be judged, okay? Everything that we've done since we've become a Christian, the moment you made Jesus Lord of your life, you punched in, okay? Just like going into a factory and punching in the time clock. And everything will be accounted for. Can you say amen to that? Okay. And he's the righteous judge. He's going to know when you were immature. He's going to know when you didn't know better. And he's going to know when you grew up and you knew better, but you did it anyway. Okay, so he knows everything. All right. Revelations 20, 12. We read that, but it says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. And then we talked about the book of life. And it says, and the dead were judged according to their what? Their work. So even... The, the wicked or the sinner is still going to be judged by their works, okay? Then the second thing we're going to be judged for is our motives. Now, sometimes we forget to think about this. Our motives and the intents of our hearts will be judged. It's like sometimes you know to do something, but you don't do it. Sometimes you know what's right, or you know you're not supposed to be doing this, but you do that anyway, see? God, who sees everything, knows the motives are the intent of our heart. Here's the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsel of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from what? God. And then Hebrews 4, 12, 13 talks about the Word of God being living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing under the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints of marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the, the God that we serve, He knows our thoughts, okay? He knows our intents. Our, our, our actions may be different, but He knows what our thoughts are and He knows our intents. He said, there is, look at verse 13. He said, there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Remember, He's the account. He's got it all written down in the books, okay? So you, you can't live a, a, a facade or a false camouflaged life, see, it's not hidden to God. God knows these things, okay? Then the third thing that you're going to be judged for, I don't like this one, but it's there, is our words. And, and one way you know you will sin a lot is if you talk a lot. Proverbs says, it talks about, okay, it says in a multitude of words, it says you're apt to sin, okay? So it says sin is not lacking. 
So for a preacher, you know, you have to be watching it. And just for if you talk, because Jesus said, Matthew, put the scripture up there for him, Matthew 12, 36, 37, says that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account in what? In the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So we, you know, need to be sensitive to that and do what the psalmist said, Oh God, put a, put a watch you know, over my mouth, put a guard over my mouth. Catch yourself when you say things that are called idle words, okay? Now, what is the standard of judgment? Last thing here on our list. About to get done here. Can you take a little bit, just a couple more minutes here? Okay. This is stuff you need to know, okay? I hope you're listening or take some notes. What is the standard? What will you and I be judged for? John 12, 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. So what are we going to be judged by? By what? By what's, the sta- what's the standard, I should say? What is the standard? Yeah, he's going to judge our words, but what's the standard we're going to be judged for? We're going to be judged by his word. What does it say? My words. That which judges him, the word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. So when you reject Jesus, you reject his word. And that's what you will stand in judgment for. Okay? There's no... Remember we've said this many times on teaching about kingdom, kingdom of God. There's no negotiating. We come from a democratic society. There's no voting. You know, everybody can have opinions but in the kingdom of God your opinions don't count they're like noses and they all smell you cannot go to God and say well I think it ought to be this way it'd be like going to a judge in the court sitting down you know you're being convicted of some crime you say well you know the the cash register shouldn't have had a should have had a lock on it you know you can believe whatever you want to believe But the standard by which you will be judged is by what God said. Not what God knows, because that's the tactic of the devil. God knows everything. He said you'll be judged by what God has said. Okay? And we have what God has said. Now let me just close here with Ezekiel. I'll pick up here next week, okay? Ezekiel chapter 18. Let me just read this and just let this set with you, because this is good. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 25 It says, yet you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. You ever heard anybody say, well, this is not fair? Okay. It says, hear now, O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair, and your ways which are not fair? See, what we have to realize, God's laid it all out. He's he's given us an open book test. You can't fail the test if you have an open book, but you have to get in the book. Okay? He said, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity, and dies in it, it is become it's because of the iniquity which he has done that he dies. Again, verse 27 says, when a wicked man turns away from the wickedness which he committed, and does that which is lawful and right, he preserves himself alive. He laid it all out here. 
Verse 28, because he considers and turns away from all the transgressions which he committed, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, is it not my ways which are fair and your ways which are not fair? He said it twice, didn't he? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent from all your transgressions so that the iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Sounds like New Testament, doesn't it? New heart, new spirit. For why should you die? Why should you go to a hell that was meant for the devil? Why should you die and be eternally separated from God. Oh, house of Israel. For I have no... Now look, here's God said, I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies. God is not laughing. God is not up there like, oh man, I got rid of these wicked people. No, 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 no. He's, he desires that not one should perish. He said that in the new covenant even. Says the Lord God. Therefore what? Turn and live. God wants us to live and not die. Can you say amen? The Lord's coming soon. Amen. We need to know what His Word says because that's the standard by which you and I will receive judgment for everything that we've done. Is that okay tonight? Amen. We'll stand up and give the Lord the praise. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> now, you know, we, we don't normally teach, but this is what the Spirit of God put in my my heart to teach you so I had to be obedient because I, I really as I said in the teaching on a Sunday morning two or three weeks ago that this is something that's totally missing in the New Testament church today is this aspect of the fear of God and think that just whatever we do you know grace is there yes grace is there and thank God for God's grace amen I said, thank God for His grace. But we want to be found doing the will of God. We delight, Lord, to do Thy will. Amen. We need to pray. Let's just pray tonight that God would give us strength. Come on, God would give us... Sometimes we pray for wisdom, and we need the wisdom of God, the fear of the Lord. The Bible talks about it as the beginning of wisdom. But how many know we need the strength, we need the courage... We can ask God for a lot of things at Christmas time. But let's, let's, you know, go to the Lord in faith and believe God for the things that we need to com complete our assignments. Our assignment is individuals. Our assignment is families. And our assignment is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord.